You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I'm the host of the show. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, my friend, and a loyal Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how you doing? You still stunned? Not really. <laughs> okay. I thought that pause was indication that you were, in fact, still stunned. All right. Well, we'll be talking about that uh, Ottawa Red Blacks Winnipeg Blue Bombers game that we just saw in week six. But first... Uh, I'd like to get your overall feeling, Joe, about the week in general, because uh, I have a few. I have a few story arcs for this week. What about you? What did you? Uh, what's your overall takeaway? I mean, it was a fun weekend. If I'm not thinking about the results <laughs> in particular. <laughs> well, you went two and two on Pickham. That's not terrible. Oh, I don't even mind that. <laughs> like one of those things where it's like you know what that was so cool that i don't even mind that i had my worst week in pick them in the bomber <laughs> all right that's a positive attitude well i i have a few things really quick um in general i think i got some karmic payback a, a lot of stuff that i mused about on the last podcast really came to fruition this week i think number one storyline of the week no lead is safe it's back, at least for a week. Oh, it is very <laughs> certainly back. At least for a week. We also had a couple of nice ping pong games going on in a couple of these games as well. A couple of these nice back and forths. So um, every every game was competitive, I guess. I mean, I guess Edmonton was competitive. They kind of got a shot. No, they were. Uh, they got a little shot down in the second half, but there's only so much you could do. I mean, that team is basically chaos personified right now, as far as I can tell. Um, I think also what was important is this is the week that we've been waiting for where um, not so much that there was a big upset, but that um, this is the week where we learn how important the second string quarterback is in the CFL. I mean, you know, in the case of Ottawa, we're talking about fourth string quarterbacks, but this is the week when teams had to go. Hamilton third at this right. point. Edmonton, their second, formerly first, formerly second, formerly first, I think they're on. Um, but yeah, just this is the week where we had some injuries. We had payoff to older injuries. I think two teams managed to finish last week with the same quarterback they finished this week with, not including BC, which is my third point. And I think that aside from maybe the Argonauts, probably the big winner of the week was BC Lions. BC Lions got this. I would say. They, they, they got to sit at home, not take a loss, watch teams number three and four in the West beat up on each other, and watch number two Winnipeg take a loss that they shouldn't have. BC is feeling pretty good, and, and more and more, like every week, you're not supposed to do this in football because so much can change from week to week, and it's a long season. But week after week, it looks more and more like this whole thing is setting up for Toronto BC in the Great Cup. It really does. I mean, it looks like these two teams are on a collision course. 
Well, we'll see. I mean, one week, one one weekend like this in November, and who the hell knows what's oh, going to sure. happen? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Although I think again, like we talk about the tiers on this show a lot, and you can kind of see these teams separating from one another. However, you do see some development in some of these teams. So let's let's get right into it. I, I'm not sure. Oh, I also wanted to point this out, too, because this was a wild week for betting as well. Not so much in the results. But, for example, I mean, there people are actually spending money on this stuff at this point. Um, the Edmonton. No, I wanted to talk about this one first. Oh, yes. The, the Montreal-Toronto game. Toronto started the week as a four-point favorite and ended the week as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. So people were banging that four-point line. And I'll tell you, that was the only line I bet this week. That was clearly the pick to make. So the betters were on that one, and it paid off. Montreal loses by eight. Um, the, the other one, which was really wild, was Hamilton started the week as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And by kickoff, the Elks were two-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a five-point swing in CFL betting. That doesn't happen too often. And the Elks let everybody down again. And in fact, as, as I understand it, as TSN told us during the game, set a record for most consecutive home losses in any North American sport. However, I think that record may be beaten by the Las Vegas A's this year. <laughs> but... Well, I mean, when we when you have the St. Louis Browns, that <laughs> right, conversation, right. That they're they're in that how, mix. How low things have gotten. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, home, though, home losses are great. So so in baseball, if you want to put together a 30 game home losing streak, that's at least like 40 proper games. Right. Because there's no way you're going to get 30 games in a row at home. Uh, there's going to be a lot. So. Sure. But, That's but then they mixed, I'm sure they mixed in a few wins away oh, sure. too, right? Like Edmonton has. Sure. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, this is just getting out of control. So this week it was Hamilton Tiger Cats 37, Edmonton Elks 29. Um, 27 to 23 in the second half. I mean, really, for me, this one was a snoozer. In the first half, and then just this point explosion. Now, 27 to 23 in a single half, 50 points. Doesn't sound like that much, but I'll tell you what. Aside from one game each, these two teams have never scored that much in a game this year. Okay, so that's a lot of points. Yeah, and and every loser the week before had under (laughs) at 19 or fewer, actually. So I mentioned put up 23 in the second half as a losing (laughs) team. Actually, I'm just looking at things right now. This week was a point points explosion too. Twenty seven was the lowest yeah. score. Pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Now, unless you're a defensive coordinator, then you're not sleeping this week. <laughs> right. Right. Although, although, of course, in the Ottawa game, you know, much of this, uh, or at least a key key bit of this, goes to the defense, and then you have Saskatchewan in the special teams. Right, putting you know, Super Mario puts together two touchdowns. So I think there's a few coordinators that are gonna have some some problems uh this this week, uh having having a proper sleep. Um it was wild because I thought that the Hamilton defense picked up a little bit. They were actually like showing some signs of life. Uh they got the two sacks, they got the two interceptions, including the pick six. And apparently in the CFL fantasy game, this is worth five points 
I don't know how that math works out, but you know, I guess when you surrender, just don't spend money on defense. <laughs> well, that was the move. thing. Hamilton was like six thousand this week. You know, they were like as low as I could go. Trust me, I didn't want to take Hamilton defense um, in any respect. Um, I did want to point out too. I mean, there's not really a lot to talk about in this game unless you found some hidden gems here, Joe. But um, I, I did want to point out that man. Butler had a 10 or a 12 yard touchdown in the second quarter that I think might've been the Ticats best play of the season this far. Not that it was like, you know, super miraculous or he hurdled the guy or anything like that, but it was just, he just plowed forward, refused to go down, just took hits and just force a will scored the touchdown, you know, Hamilton get back to just playing some hard nosed, honest football. And that's what you need. Come on now. And they might and they might have to. They lost Matt Schultz. He's yeah. out. He's on the sixth yep. game. Oh, who's on the sixth yep. game? They're on Taylor Powell. Right. I believe. And, and, and guys that they're signing off the street right. at this point. So mm-hmm. the run game had better be part of what they're doing. Yeah, let's see some run game. Let's see some. I do want to point out, though, that the 20, that the tw- yeah, the 29 points does flatter as mentioned a bit. They did score yeah. 10 in the last 57 seconds yep. to make it interesting, yeah. more interesting than it had. Yeah, well, I mean, Edmonton, well, at that point, right, they brought in their second quarterback. You can't even call him quarterback two at this point, right? He's just the other quarterback. They're in a platoon, these guys at this point. So they had the other quarterback in there. So, yeah, they're not ready for that. And I'll tell you what, the 2023 Edmonton Elks are going down as a great garbage time you know fantasy team you know they, they've been doing this all year the other game where they scored yeah as long as they're playing jared Daggy. <laughs> right the other game this season when they scored like 28 points you know they lost 37 to 28 and the score really should have been you know around 37 to 14 you know but again garbage points garbage points you know i bet but that's the sign of a bad team and in yet football. and yet bad teams in football mm-hmm. do that and yet Trey Ford is supposed to play better so that he gets an opportunity to yeah. play. That makes all sorts right. of sense. <laughs> wow. In any case, okay. Let's get on to the more interesting stuff. Second game of the week was Toronto Argonauts 35, Montreal Outs 27. And wow, Chad Kelly. Huh? I mean, that's my main takeaway from this one. 21 of 25 for 351 yards, three touchdowns, and interception. We're going to talk about the interception in a second. Um, this was one of the best games I saw a CFL quarterback play this year. And and Kelly mm-hmm. is not a guy. You know, this is not Vernon Adams. <laughs> you know, this is not, you know, Zach Caleros out here. We're not expecting this from Chad. But. I like this situation. You know, this is a great situation for the quarterback who is, I don't know, not ready for prime time. Sounds kind of weird because he was playing in the great cup last year, but you know, let's say a level below that superstar quarterback that you want. This is a great situation for him. There's no, there's no pressure on him. Nobody's looking at him. You know, the Argonauts can do it all. So he's got time. He's got time to develop back there. And wow, this is it. Now, if he can be this good, I mean, again, like, who's stopping the Argos? <laughs> I'll dispute that nobody's looking at him because given that he's 
uh, the nephew of former Bills quarterback okay. Jim Kelly. That's really driving the narrative on him. And so far, he's standing up to it. He's doing what he's got to do. The one mistake he made aside on the interception, but he's doing everything that he can do. And Ryan Dinwiddie's making sure he's getting a good game call for him, so he's not the one that has to shoulder the burden of it all. Right. But when he's given a chance to shine, yeah. he's shining. But I don't feel like he he like nobody's looking at him. But I feel like out of the onus, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to drive. The yeah, bus. yeah. There's there's not that pressure there. And plus, you know, you're playing in Toronto. You know, again, which is not one of the great markets of the CFL. You know, so there's not that that camera view on it. It's not like he's playing for the riders, you know, so, you know, um, but, but here he is. I mean, this is, this is either the start of something brilliant or, you know, his highlight real game or whatever. I thought it was, you know, like I say, I thought it was pound for pound, probably the best performance by a CFL quarterback this year. And in saying that, I want to say that, he also threw probably the worst interception in the CFL this year, where he also incorrect. Okay, well, Taylor Cornelius this week as well. Uh, it's kind of similar. It was kind of similar. And what was wild is is Jake Meyer was getting away with this kind of stuff. It was where you backpedal like seventeen yards. There's two guys in your face. You're falling down and you chuck it. <laughs> it's like. Sure, but at least he threw it with his right <laughs> hand, not his left. <laughs> Dude, it's like critiquing right-wing media in the States, right? You expect that kind of stuff, okay? It's, it doesn't come off as as big of a fail, right? You expect it, right? So, so, but I was just, when he threw that, I was like, wow, we have a chance in this game. But nope, that was it. That was a blip, that one really bad decision. And the rest of the time, he was damn near perfect. I mean, the stats say. Um, as for our guy, Cody Fajardo, I, I just wanted to say this. I thought it was interesting because, yeah, again, I'm on the I'm on the Fajardo watch and the offensive line watch. I thought it was interesting this week. He's learning to do that thing where you get rid of the ball in like 0.8 seconds. That's what he's doing. Which has been an issue he's had. That's what he's doing now. That's he used to be and he used to be more of a one or two read guy than run, but that that's changed over the course of his time as a quarterback, which it should. That's exactly what should right. happen. But it was pointed out by PFF earlier this year that you know the sacks aren't always on the offensive line. Sometimes it's taking too long to get rid of the ball. So there's been an adjustment made to that by the coaching staff and by Cody this past week, and it looked a lot, it looked a heck of a lot better than what had been happening before. I've heard it said before that you know, quarterback sacks are a stat that the fan likes, but the truth is is that passing stats are on the quarterback, running stats are on the offensive line. It's a bit of an extreme view, but I kind of understand the point. I kind of understand the point. I mean, too many times, if you watch Russell Wilson at all, too many times you see that a guy just takes too long. A quarterback just takes too long. That's it. 
that's it. He just takes too long. And the, the line is doing their best, but you can't hold it infinitely. And, but I think that this, I mean, again, I think it's taken, it's taken Vajardo a season and a half of not playing behind an offensive line to learn how to do this. But I've seen this happen in the NFL too, is there are years when the quarterback doesn't have a line. And so he learns this drops back throw. You know, that's it. That's it. You can't waste your time. And he was having some success with it. I mean, he played a and, decent game, played a decent game this game. Yeah. And, and the receivers that he has are oh. much better than people were expecting them to be. I mean, Julian Grant. I mean, K on Julian Grant was somewhat of a known quality, but not like. Oh, he's automatic. This that year. came from yeah. nowhere, uh, at least in the CFL fans mind. Uh, so that's uh, losing Eugene Lewis, losing Trevor Harris. Everybody thought this franchise was just toast. They were put, picking him behind yep. Ottawa a lot. Uh, no, <laughs> they thought they took a bad situation and made it at least a tenable situation. I mean, they're two and three, but think about this. They've just played Winnipeg, BC and oh, Toronto yeah. three straight weeks. Like who's not going to be two and three. After well, that? I mean, but again, it's like I said last week, and I was right. This week reinforced it. Montreal is now already playing for second place. That's it. Which is fine. Right. Toronto is better than any of us. Any of us gave them credit. For. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even remember if we made preseason predictions, no, but I, I had them first, but kind of like last year where they were just a cut above second and third in the division. Whereas this year there's, a gap between first and second in the East. We did not make predictions. Uh, however, I, I'll go on the record now. I, I put it on Twitter. So if you want to check me out, I, I, I predicted that Toronto and Winnipeg would win, but that the Grey Cup would be Toronto, BC. So, right. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, I think. <laughs> This far, because I mean, again, like I'm ready to give the East to Toronto right now. I mean, I hope my team isn't, but I am. I mean, they've got such an advantage already. And the schedule is so wacky that like, for example, okay, speaking of schedule being wacky, I mean, here's um, Calgary 33, Riders 31, which closed the week. And we'll we'll do Winnipeg last, I guess. Um, This series is now over. Right. And 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 this is going to come down to a playoff spot, we think, at the end of the season, riders versus stamps. And yet now they don't even get to play. <laughs> We're one third of the way done. Um, ouch, schedule makers who took a hit here. However, this game was pretty, pretty great. Oh, nope. There's one more coming up between these two oh, teams. Oh, there is. Okay. In October, Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. Okay, because they said on the TSN uh, broadcast that this was it. You know, they were talking about a sweep. Nope. They were talking about a sweep. Ah, okay. Well. Well, had the writers won, they would have had the season series. Two well, games, yeah. Two but they were talking about sweep. Calgary is trying and, to avoid the sweep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then again, I the bet. teams are separated by one point in their season series. So, however, 
where the final game goes, it'll determine the winner, right? No matter what, unless there's a, and if there's a tie, it goes to the riders. So, and that's in October by one point. That's okay. in October. All right, great. Yeah, that's going to be are three weeks away from the end of the market calendar so. for that one because I think that both of these teams could be better by that time. Uh, we'll see what happens at quarterback. They, they could yeah. be. Well, I think Calgary uh, will be. I think Calgary will be. I think Calgary showed signs this week of coming out of that hump. For example, where are these receivers coming from? Right? Luther Hakuna Vanu. Hakuna Vanu, right? Great name. Five mm-hmm. catches, 94 yards, one touchdown. Tommy Lee Lewis, first game, first CFL catch goes for a touchdown. First return goes for a touchdown, and then they call it back. Okay? Uh, Mm -hmm. Mark and Michelle, four catches. Where are these guys coming from? This looks like the days when Bo Levy Mitchell would hit eight different receivers with his first ten passes. This is... Well, Mark and Michelle was in the NFL for the past four years, and (laughs) Hakuna Vano has been around for two or three, so... But, I mean... They've been there. They're showing up. (laughs) They're playing. They're... And guess what Calgary did this week that they haven't done all season long? Go. What? They threw the ball yeah. downfield once in a while. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> I, it worked enough. I was stunned. I mean, okay. I Because, again, I'm on the mayor long pass watch as well. He did have three passes that went 30 yards, but both of those were touchdowns. Right. He's throwing like 10 yards into the end zone from the 20. Okay. But late in the game to set up the game winning field goal, he got off like a 40 yarder to Bagleton. And Bagleton, I swear to God, looked surprised. He looked surprised that the ball got there. And he caught it and he sort of hit the ground. And then they were set up for the long field goal, which, of course, you're going to hit with Paradise taking it. And you can't, and you can play a short passing game in the CFL. It's very difficult to do because you've got to be perfect because you throw a five-yard pass. Well, guess what? You've got one more chance. Uh, just having the having the defenders having their heads though that you're going to throw downfield makes that five-yard yep. pass a seven- or eight-yard pass or one broken tackle and it's 10 yards in a first down. Well, yeah. This... So just throwing it down the field once in a while loosens the defense. And if you connect on those longer passes, well, guess what? That's a, that's fewer times you got to move the chains to be in scoring range. Yes, you know, I was thinking about this going into the game. You know, uh, Mayer would have been awesome in the '60s. You know, when Joe Cap ruled. <laughs> you know, because that's what he is—he's Joe Cap. But the thing is, even Cap could pepper it once in a while with a forty-yarder, fifty-yarder in the air. You know, uh, Calgary cannot depend on the yards after the catch. They can't. That's not sustainable. So, yeah, they're going to have to lift it once in a while. And Mayor, Mayor did it a few times in this game. So, I mean, I yeah. needs and, work. And you don't but. have to make your entire offense downfield passes, but it's got to happen more than it right. has been. Right. And this game showed you why. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Now, Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the riders in this game because what a weird Uh-oh. roller coaster. Um oh, you gotta go? Okay. No. Just 
thinking about the riders this week and uh, how things are going to shape up. Uh, they had they had aspirations last week that they don't have this week. How's that? What do you mean? Well, Trevor Harris is out for a long time. So they're down to homegrown quarterbacks that we're not sure about. We'll see. We've seen we saw some Mason Fine last right. year. I don't think he really he, he did some things well. He didn't make anybody go, oh my god, he's the next second he's the second coming. Which is weird because it's Ryderville and this and the backup quarterback's the most popular guy, but doesn't have <laughs> doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to have coalesced around Mason Fine at this point. Well, because the expectations were so high on Harris, right? Yeah. They scored two two kick returns or punt kick punts, what have you. Uh two two kick return touchdowns, which I mean Mario Alford's made Chandler Worthy's good in Montreal, but Mario Alford's yeah, we want him back. We want him back. We want him back so he can play worthy at wide receiver. We want Mario all is forgiven. Come back to Montreal. Um, the thing is, you just said they scored two touchdowns. No, Mario Alford scored two touchdowns on that first one. He must have gone like 155 yards to get the 80 yard, you know, touchdown. And the second one was a track meet. That was awesome. God, I mean, he killed them both ways. But I mean, this was a freak show in terms of scoring, because look, I mean, because because they went ahead by a point at the in the last minute of the game. Because of a botched pass right. defense on a long right. pass. That hit about three steps before Jones caught it. And the, the crowd reaction was amazing. I mean, that was just like, they're like, holy hell, he got it. Now he's going to get the touchdown. You could hear it in the cheers. I mean, it was amazing. Um, and get this. <laughs> Jones is being criticized for scoring a touchdown on that play. Because he left 40 oh, seconds on the yeah. clock. Well, what are you going to do? There's nah. five defenders around you. You're nah. going to burn, what, two or three extra seconds? Nah. Maybe? Yeah. Besides, again, it's Meyer. You're at home. And, Step on the throat. And, you know, come on. Saskatchewan short yardage game. Right. Been great this year. No. You sc- after it's, that it's one thing if you're If you were hitting 100% on it. It's one thing if you're hitting 100% on your short yardage, like Winnipeg had right. a few years ago. Yeah. But that had, that wasn't even the case <laughs> for Saskatchewan this year. Like, maybe make a stop on defense in the forty seconds. Okay. I used to think that the silliest that was on Twitter. Uh, that I, I saw that a couple times. Okay, yeah. right. I used to think that the silliest thing I saw on Twitter was the Elks losing thirty games in a row at home was due to the name change. Okay, now I'm going to change my mind. That's the silliest thing I've heard on Twitter. That's ridiculous. After that catch, after being down, you're scoring the touchdown, period. And I mean, that was the thing, right? Yes, the Riders lost their quarterback, but they got the two touchdown returns. They got that one, and they also got the bobble, the, the interception that was tipped by a couple of stamps as well that helped them out in the second half. So yeah, they were getting the bounces. They yeah, they were. Week, or what week two? Yeah, against Calgary too, where Calgary probably wins that game by fourteen at the ball, but doesn't bounce the wrong way on them. Okay, now the only question I have for you is this. Okay, now we we love the kickers here at Rouge White Blue, but we love the Rouge even more. 
Now, after last week, after last week's Saskatchewan Edmonton game, how funny would it have been if Paradis had missed the field goal and it had been a rouge? And then they tied it and they went into overtime. That would have been funny. But Paradis right. doesn't have the leg from 53 to get it through the end zone. Yeah. That was so, a long one. There was a chance that that ball was getting kicked out of the end zone. And I would have taken yeah. it, even if it meant the Riders winning that game, because that is the best play in Canadian football. It sure is. It sure is. It sure is. That could have been done in the Edmonton game. Like I suggested, he could have punted it you know, instead of taking the Rouge. You know? And I, and just and you're talking about last week, Saskatchewan Edmonton, correct? Yeah. There's too much time on the clock for him to kick that out. Is there? There's still a minute to go, and you're giving Saskatchewan back. Yeah, yeah. In scoring. Yeah, well. So that's worse than taking one, because yeah. then you're likely losing on a field walk-off goal. field yeah. goal. Yeah, that's because they're going to run out the clock. At that's least true. if you if he if he sits on the ball, you're down a point, and you've got a minute to drive the field as long as you don't throw a back-breaking interception. The CFL needs a guy who can return kicks and kick. Like, there's this Australian guy in the league this year who comes out of rugby league. Why couldn't he do that? You know, why couldn't he do that last minute fourth quarter return in that situation? Wouldn't that be great? Just break out the guy for that play. <laughs> yeah, Winnipeg, Winnipeg's punter is that way. He can do that? He I takes returns. I'm not sure if he came from rugby league or Aussie rules, yeah, yeah. but uh, he was he's the ball doesn't come out the same way twice right. the way he kicks. Right. And he looks like an athlete. I mean, you can't you're not just no. specialist in the in, in rugby, if you are a player who ever kicks the ball, you also have to catch the ball. It's just you have to have both of those skill sets. So now I've seen now we're going on a major digression here. No, but rugby is awesome. So. Where team, yeah, I've seen where team where in this situation where a single point is in play to win or tie the game, I've seen teams trot their punter back. Winnipeg lost the game because Bedlock missed a field goal, and Hyrulahu is back there to get the ball mm-hmm. and kick it out and mm-hmm. kick it out mm-hmm. of there. That's right. So punters yep. do go back there. That's a great play to in, in those in those situations. Where it's clear that a kick out is, is the only play. play. Yeah. You're usually talking 40 plus yard field yeah. goals to make that even a thing. Otherwise, it's going to get right through the end zone. But you have the you have a punter back there. Having Winnipeg's punter back there, he could run right. as he could take the ball, run right. for a bit. If he's going to get caught, he could just pop it out the way he the way he uh, any which way yeah. he could. See, that'd be a yeah. lot of fun. See, that's what I want the double threat. I mean, not just the kick, the double threat. I want the guy who could run, who could even like shovel it back, because that's the other thing, too, is the rugby guys that the lateral is the only pass you can do in rugby. So they also have that skill set. So <laughs> it'll be and and I and, could you imagine could you imagine if like Janarian Grant or Mario Alford could punt oh could God. punt a, could decently like 
you would you would be able to trust him in an emergency awesome. situation like that. Wouldn't that be great? He'd be the Shohei Otani of CFL special teams. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, not the final game of the week. The uh, early game on Saturday was Otter Sunday. Sorry, was Ottawa Redblacks thirty-one, Winnipeg Blue Bombers twenty-eight. Okay. Less than three minutes left. It's twenty-five to nine. The offense hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Joe, WTF, man. So let's back up. Let's talk about the whole fourth quarter. Okay. Because Ottawa drove yep. the ball into Winnipeg territory a couple of times and came away with right. nothing. Yeah. They they had at 25 to 9 with about seven minutes left. They went for it on third and inside like the 10 or something and didn't get it. Didn't get it. And didn't get it. They got three another time. Right. So two drives deep into Winnipeg territory coming away with three points. Right. So it's not like this wasn't coming. Okay. Winnipeg's offense had stopped functioning. It wasn't going to score again. Like, for some reason, it just shut down. Which is bizarre. Now, it's done that. Honestly, in the last couple of years, it happens more often than not. Well, they'll have a quarter or a quarter and a half where the offense looks like um, it just doesn't know how to football. That's happened a lot last year where they would go up like 14 to nothing in the first quarter. And then the next time they would score would be the middle of the third quarter. And I'm not just talking about a touchdown. I'm talking about any sort of score. But they've got – And like that that field, that field goal would get would put them back up 17 to 14, and then their defense would just say, okay, other team's not scoring again. And the offense would put up another touchdown and it'd be a comfortable win. Okay, but is this – all about Andrew Harris because the thing is right now right now the bombers have four like top level receivers i mean wylatarski was burning it up in this game how does it i mean how is it that caleros is trying to pass out of his own end zone with 3 minutes left anyway like like what's up with the running game in, in winnipeg why couldn't they kill clock? It, it wasn't there. It wasn't there this game. Sure it wasn't. was. The, it's been there all year, but this game not sure too wasn't. Much. Nope, failed them. Uh, even their top running back was better catching the ball, and then he had the clutch fumble. <laughs> it was just like it was kind of one right. of those games. They where had so on. many opportunities yeah. to put this yeah. game away yes. a lot earlier than yes. three minutes. Yes. The fact that it came apart with three yes. minutes to go. That's the way it goes. Three minutes in Canadian football is like half a quarter in, in well, football as far well, as as far as possessions go. Yeah, I would well, say. Well, okay. Well, yeah, that's true because of the three downs, right? But some right. of this was, you know, I'm a huge believer in sports of the numbers balancing out, okay? And the truth is, here are the Red Blacks, okay? They're the least potent offense in football, uh, in Canadian football, they're one of the least potent defenses in Canadian football. Okay. With three minutes left, Zach is throwing that pass that he shouldn't have thrown. And the defense scored their first touchdown of the year, right? Offense still hasn't scored yet. By the end of the game, the offense still hadn't scored a passing touchdown. Okay. No special teams touchdown. So 
some of this was just wrong place, wrong time for Winnipeg. Yeah. However, it fell apart yes, at the worst yes, possible time. Yes, yes, yes. That's just but the happened. breakdown in overtime is mental. It's be crazy, though. No, as soon as the game went to, as soon as Crum scored the t- the touchdown that yep. put, gave him, them a chance to tie the game with the yep. two-point conversion, I'm like, this game's yep. over. They will score the two, and they will just roll in overtime because Winnipeg is shell-shocked. And that's exactly what oh, yeah. happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they fell as it reminded me a lot. It reminded me a lot of the Montreal game last year in Winnipeg. Where yeah. Montreal had no business being in that game. Mm-hmm. And then they score late to tie it up. Overtime comes and Winnipeg just cannot do anything. Yep. They're just dead. Yeah, but Montreal played a because they had that game. Yeah, Montreal yeah, played. Yeah, they were a lot game. better in that gonna, game. I'm not gonna d- dispute that. But Winnipeg had so many chances from like seven minutes to go to put the game away that I could I could count like five different ways that if they make one of five yeah. plays, it's yeah. over. Same thing in this yeah. game. But when they when it got to the point where they had give they had given up that the first crumb run. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt. That hurt. Right. And they didn't make any sort of adjustments either. The thing that bothers me the most is that Crumb started to run late in the game, and they did absolutely nothing to make sure he wouldn't run and make him throw the ball. Because if you go back and watch, the middle of the field's wide open. Oh, of course. A bunch of the That's time. what blew me away. That's what blew me away. Make him throw yeah, it yeah, over yeah. Got you. Got to. Because guess what he did last week? Yeah. The one game you have tape on him, <laughs> he ran all the time. Yeah, nine carries for like 80 yards or something crazy. Now, yeah. The first the first half, he didn't have a chance yep. to run. Right. The defense kept collapsing right. the offensive line and crushing yep. him. But as soon as that wasn't happening, okay, where's your yep. spy? Yep. Stick Adam Big Hill on him. Stick him three yards behind the line of scrimmage and just have him parallel. Leave Big Hill out of blitzes. Leave him out of coverage. He's your responsibility. You don't let him run. And then there's no chance yep. Ottawa comes back at that point. That was the that was the crazy thing too, is because Jefferson and Big Hill were crushed. We're just crushing it the first three quarters, three and a half quarters, really. They were just crushing it and then disappeared. Gone. (laughs) As soon as as soon as that pick six happened, wow. Just now, one of the questions I wanted, I want to get back to Crom in a second, but one of the questions I wanted to ask you is when did you suspect you were in trouble? When they gave up the touchdown. The pick six? The offense. Oh, the crop touchdown. No, the yeah. pick six. The pick six. I'm like, okay, this right. is closer than this is closer than, than you I'm want. Like right. They've we're still not dead. Even if they score again, they need the two. But the way it came about, once they scored the touchdown, I'm like, this is over. They're giving up the two. Overtime will happen the way it's going to happen. But it this Ottawa's got too much momentum now to be stopped. But you stuck it out, right? You watched it, right? Okay. Oh, of course I did. All right. And then I watched the second game because I'm a glutton for punishment, right? <laughs> well, the second <laughs> game was awesome. I mean, seriously. Seriously. And it's also like two teams that a bomber fan, it's like neither of them is a good po- good right. scenario. Like Calgary or Saskatchewan winning. Right. Yeah, that's great. Right. 
either which way I'm right. pissed off at the end of this one. <laughs> Let's just keep watching. At least I, at least it was a fun I game. I feel, Joe, like you almost felt like you would have been better off as a, as I think the Bombers or Bombers fans would have been better off with the Riders winning that game. Here's why. Because the Stamps looked better. The Stamps looked like they have a future. Okay? The Riders got by on Alford and a couple of tipped passes. Okay? You would have been better off if the Riders had gotten away with the fluky win. Because. Probably, but then we're listening all week about how they have a. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, not so good for Bombers fans. But in the long run. (laughs) All right. So. Let's talk next week's games now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, we talked about Pickham. Joe and I were uh, each two and two. If we could have agreed, if we could have worked out our differences, we might have each gone three and one or one and three. Uh, I'm glad you picked the Riders, I guess, for my card because I had the stamps in that game. And like the idiot crowd on the Pickham game, 62%. Pro Edmonton. I was also pro Edmonton and lost. So you can take our advice with it. Uh, however, I will say I went one and zero in betting last week. Again, folks, if you're going to bet, don't bet everything. Only bet the good stuff. Let's talk about that. Edmonton Elks. Okay. <laughs> I tweeted you about this. Did you see it? I thought right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Ed, like 15.5 yeah, Elks. 15 and a half or 15, depending on which sports book you go to, at Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, maybe that's moved a half a point. Maybe. Uh, because I saw it reported on Twitter and then I only looked at the sports book today. So maybe it's already shifted half a point, but I don't think so. I think it's just variable between sports books because. There's about a 0% chance Winnipeg loses this game. And in fact, most sports books don't offer it, but I would honestly be looking at alternate lines. Um, I think this one could be ridiculous. I, I, I th- This one could be like a 30 to 6 or something like that. Uh, if they're the team I think they are, and or and I thought they were last year. Although that feeling of invincibility is starting to wear off for obvious reasons, but if they're if they're the team, if they still are that team that knows that they up last week, yeah, I could see them making this unquestionably painful for Edmonton. Well, I mean, I mean, again, just think about the numbers balancing out okay the fear about the covering the 15 points i mean obviously we're both taking the bombers garbage yeah time. is the garbage time daggy showing up with like Jesus. 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter with winnipeg up like 35 to 6 and then daggy scoring. is cornelius gonna start or is daggy gonna start yeah cornelius is the starter Jesus. jones has tied himself to him like and at this point, it's sink or swim. And well, okay. So when they fire, jo- there's not much swimming going on right now. So when they fire Jones and he goes to work for TSN, does that mean Cornelius has to go to work for TSN too? I mean, honestly, 
I mean, like that that's ridiculous. I mean, this this loyalty because of contracts in North American sports is out of hand. Um yeah, the the the, the problem would be garbage time, but if you think about it in terms of numbers, I mean the bombers are gonna lose to two of the bottom three on consecutive weeks not sure about that not sure about that especially at i mean if they do that there's an entirely different conversation going on about okay is this team did this team get old overnight because it sure looked like they got old with about seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter last week possibly their best receiver is dalton shun he's old They also get Kenny. They also get Kenny Lawler back this week. Damn! As if it wasn't bad enough for Edmonton as it was. No, come on! No! 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 I think I think Winnipeg. Okay, if I were the stereotypical football coach or coordinator, okay, I'd be going in there on Monday, going, "You guys embarrassed yourself. You guys didn't take them seriously." Da 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 da. I would, as a coach. The way the way I pictured that post game going was Mike O'Shea walking into the locker room, staring at them for about fifteen seconds and just walking away. Oh, I like I like going in there and saying, uh, "Practice at six a.m. tomorrow, boys." <laughs> you know, bring your bag and your skate <laughs> curfew at now <laughs> you know i mean honestly because as if i were a coach even if i didn't believe it my attitude would be you guys didn't take these guys seriously so we're going to take edmonton seriously and if you take edmonton seriously they're going to get crushed anybody on edmonton that knows anything about football by about the end of the first half is going to be going Damn, these guys are a good team, and we are not. I mean, I really think it's that simple. I honestly do. I mean, it's just this is this is the best against the worst. One of the best against one of the worst. It's it's not going to turn out well, I don't think, if the numbers work out. And the truth is, is that you you remember the movie Miracle, uh, the hockey movie? Yes, yes, that one. Again, (laughs) whistle. so on and so forth. Right. What team do you play for? <laughs> All right. All right. So the second game is Toronto, Toronto Argonauts are seven and a half point favorites at Hamilton. And okay, if we see movement this week, like we did last week, this line's going to go up, I would say, to about nine by game time. Um, Reportedly by the news that Steinhauer has said that Taylor Powell will start. Um, Kai Loxley, an incoming quarterback, will be announced later this week. The Ticats. I believe that's Pipkin, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. The Ticats will suit up three quarterbacks for the game. So, and Schultz is on the sixth game. So, um, I don't know. Again, to me, um, I'm going to ride, at least in pick'em, I'm going to ride the Argonauts until they say otherwise. Um, I think that this would also be... Yep, they, they've qualified for that status now. Yes, yes. There's a, there's a team that used to qualify for that status <laughs> that 
is on probation. They're going to cover 15 and a half. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I think you're right. Uh, but yeah, a Toronto, I, now I'm, I'm, war- I'm wondering if they cover, because if you remember last year, I think it was Labor Day, but and Hamilton was down to their third string quarterback or fourth string at that point. I can't, I can't even remember. I don't think, I don't even think he's on the team anymore. But they made a very short yardage zone read offense for him, and it was decent for at least the one game it got trotted out for, and it kept the game close in a game that had no business being close. So I could see Hamilton pouring resources into this one, trying to find a magic combination to put Toronto off guard. I think Toronto's too good for that. They're too well coached for that. And they have too much talent for that. But Hamilton's going to stay in this game. But I'm still taking Toronto. Seven and a half is tricky. Seven and a half is tricky. Um, Although the Argos beat Montreal by eight this week. And I would argue that Montreal is a better team than Hamilton this year. So I don't think you have to make right. that point very hard. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's all. But here's the other thing is that right now, and, and I think in sports this is important, is that teams on the ascendancy are important, right? And Chad Kelly's show in last week's game shows that we think. He's on the up, right? I mean, this is why power polls, to any extent that they are important, are important. Who's hot right now? Who's hot right now? And Hamilton has won two in a row against bottom feeders, okay? If anything, they're going to be underprepared for Toronto. I mean, they can they can try and look at the game film, whatever. But again, I said it earlier in the show, Toronto can beat you any way you imagine. What do you want? Special teams, defense, offense, run, pass. What do you want? What do you want? They'll beat you. You know, I mean, to me, Kelly just showed that. This was another situation for me as an Alouettes fan, watching my team play about as well as they can play and, you know, not really be in it. It just wasn't enough. No, it it wasn't even enough that I thought they were going to win. I never thought the Owls were going to win that game. I mean, Toronto is good this year guys <laughs> so so i'm i don't know if i would bet on it but i would say if you have to i i take toronto minus the points i can't imagine a situation where you have to okay here we go riders are nine point underdogs at bc lions uh 45 and a half point over under now that's what gets me is is this over under because that's what that's about 30 to 20 no it's not quite it so it's about 27 to 18 yeah 27 to 18 the riders are really going to score fewer than 18 points are they going to score more yeah a little more i mean alfred might score seven by itself mm-hmm. but <laughs> right, right. The way he's been playing, maybe fourteen by himself for that. Yeah, I'm not sure BC Lions is that outstanding on special teams. If if they're flawed in any area, um, I'm sure they're not bad there. But um, I like the over in this game for sure. I think BC wins. I just the Riders are a tough team to read. 
You know, they got so many breaks in that last game. And then before that, there was that weird game against Edmonton. And then they're playing two games where they barely beat. Yeah. And then they beat Calgary because the ball bounced. Yeah. They almost beat Calgary again because the they lost to Calgary because yeah. the ball bounced weirdly. <laughs> so and Mario Alford went insane, right? Too. So, so they're three and one on oddities. <laughs> um, tough to get a read on this Riders team, and they're beat up. Plus nine is 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 a terrible uh, spread to play either way in the Canadian Football League. So. If I were betting, I'd, I'd probably go the over on this one, 49, 45 and a half points, because it's fun, and these Lions can score a lot of points when they want to. And I would really like to see the Lions score 40 points in a row, three straight games. That would be great. That would be a lot of fun. It could be a game. Yeah, like that would that. be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping for a lot of points. I mean, we've had two really interesting, exciting weeks in a row, so I'm hoping for another pinball machine out of that game. Okay, now here's the last game of the and and yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit of crom here. Ottawa Red Blacks, five and a half point underdogs at Calgary. Over under is forty four and a half, so that's about a twenty five to nineteen score. Um, man, crom is getting way too much credit. I mean, honestly, uh. Stats for last game, 26 of 42 for 261 yards. No touchdowns, one pick. Yeah, he had the two runs uh, in the final minute or less. Sorry to keep dredging this up, Joe. Odds are in a couple of weeks I'll have forgotten all about it. But um, So, Rob is a bit of a threat, but damn if he doesn't look like a third down back third down quarterback you know and and now after that win they got to stick with them and i'm sorry i well who else are they who well else yeah they that's with, the though? thing i mean they're, they've been through so many quarterbacks already but i mean to me calgary looks like a team with a lot of weapons on offense you know their defense looks sharp at times and they give up eh, maybe one touchdown too many to saskatchewan but I just I I can't see Calgary winning this game by less than a touchdown at home. I would be shocked. I would be shocked if Ottawa puts in what three three great games in in four weeks. I would be shocked. I will say Ottawa's playing. They're playing a great. Lot more. They're playing a lot more inspired yes. this year than they did last yes. year. Some. There's definitely a positive yes. feeling going on there, even with the quarterback injuries that yes. they're going through. Left they want to play. The guys like each other. They stay in these games. They don't get down. They don't beat themselves up. They're 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 a good no. team mentally. And, all right, and and Crumbs looking at least like he could pass as a quarterback right now. Which, I mean, there's a couple of teams in this league that would happily take him as their starter like say Hamilton <laughs> well, or Edmonton right now they'd be like please give him give us give give him to us so they've got something positive going I just don't see Calgary losing at home to that group not yet I just think Calgary but then again you think Winnipeg's too well coached to have what happened to them happen 
But I also think Calgary's starting to starting to starting to figure yeah. out their own yeah. stuff. They're starting to figure out, okay, where's the balance on offense? Okay, we gotta go downfield a little bit more. Okay, let's fix that. They fixed that last week as long as they keep it up. Ottawa's not gonna make it easy for them, but I still see Calgary winning it. Wow, really? See, you have a lot more faith in Crom than I do. Um I I I think that this could very easily be a game. Calgary puts up 40 points, and then all of a sudden, everybody's, the stamps are back. You know, I think this could go completely the other way. Because I don't, I am, I am, I don't believe that Crom is a proper quarterback yet. And, and yeah, I bit into Meyer. I bit into Meyer last yet. week, but he did good this last game. Okay, so I'm gonna ease up on him a little bit, but Crom, Crom has got to prove it to me, man. I, I just, you win a game without, th- you win a game that depends on your defense and short fields. I mean, that's not enough for me yet. No, but what I, from what I've seen so far, he's at least got the physical talents to do, to do, to do the job. Yeah. So that's step one. Step two. We'll see what he learns. We'll see how the defenses react to him, and how he counter and how he counteracts that. Well, we're both going to Calgary in this game. I th- I think this is this is my bet of the week. I would take Calgary minus a touchdown, and I think they're going to do it this game. Um, right. Okay. So hold on just a sec. Who's? Oh, my guys are on by. Okay, great. I can watch this week with impunity. <laughs> I like these weeks. Okay. Great. Joe, let's close out the show. Any last words for us? Go Bombers? Again, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. I'm Oz Davis. For my co-host, Joe Pritchard, this has been the Rouge White and Blue CFL podcast. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the games. Again, again, again. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.